My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. Welcome, everyone, to the podcast. I'd like to introduce our guests, co-founders, Jared Van and Jared Morris, Norris of Beak Whackers Waterfowl, whose mission is to give back to those who have served or are serving by t- taking them on a waterfowl hunt so they'll never forget. Thank you guys for showing up. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, when did Beak Whackers get founded? And how I want to know the origin story of this one. Oh uh, yeah, the, the fun stuff, right? The oh yeah. So Beakwagger started out as a uh, just like a bunch of guys hanging around a you know garage drinking beer, and we're just all duck hunting, and that's where the name came from, right? Everyone said, you know, we got <laughs> we got to come up with a cool name to call ourselves because we're all guys, we're just a bunch of dudes just doing doing what we do, and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Beak Waggers came out as more of a joke. And, uh, always does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Because obviously, uh, ducks have beaks, but, uh, and not bills. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's for argument later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, th- that's where kind of the namesake took off from me. We were just like a little, you know, seven, six, seven guys just, uh, duck hunting. And then it kind of grew from there. The more and more, uh, I felt the call to help veterans. We were doing what uh, we helped another organization here local to Virginia called the Some Gave All Ride. It's a motorcycle ride that helps veterans and active duty service members. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to continue to help, but do my own thing with it. And uh, so then I came to Jason and I said, hey, what do you think about taking veterans waterfowl hunting, you know, and trying to to put our spin on, you know, we love waterfowl hunting. We love being in the outdoors and helping veterans is what's a better cause than showing them, you know, our true love. And, uh, you know, and of course he hopped on board immediately. He's like, when do we start? Where do we go? Where do I sign? And, uh, yeah, that was what, 2018, yeah, somewhere around 2018 or so. Yeah, and it just occurred to me that I actually said the wrong name for Jason. I called him Jared. So, everybody, this is Jason Norris, not Jared Norris. i just like to get that all figured, uh, sorted out so people don't get confused. You've been called a whole lot worse in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's great that you guys started out doing that. Uh, my cousin, he's a huge waterfowl nut, and he's got goose calls, duck calls, the works. He actually got me into waterfowl. So, yeah, I, uh, everybody that talks about going, like, hey, I, w- I would love to go with you. I said, don't do it. You know, jokingly, I was like, I was a pretty big deer. I wasn't a, like trophy deer hunter, right? But I was a big deer mm-hmm. hunter for just for what it is. And uh, I went duck hunting pretty much one time or goose hunting. And that's all she wrote. I hung up my, my I hung up all my deer stands and. Now I'm all about trying to shoot ducks and geese. So for me, my two duck hunting experiences have been about pretty much bad in case of getting fined and 
And then getting uh, getting my window busted out. Oh, jeez. Is it public land? Yeah. Oh. So, drove a car and drove a car there. We were sitting up. We took boats out. It was low tide, everything at the reservoir. We didn't see nothing. But as we were shipping out, big old truck lights come through, rolling through. Next thing I know, you just hear the guy just go out on out. I walk. We got back. I thought my window was froze up, you know, because it was cold in the morning. Then I shut the wind, shut all the doors in the back blast, just blew the window out. Oh, jeez. So he hit rocks hard enough to break a windshield. Oh, well, unfortunately, and no one likes to admit it, but there are many people out there in the sport that, you know, my spot, my place, and you took it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, and I'd say it's worse than any other type of hunting there is. I mean, I put it up there with turkey hunting, right? Because, you know, just how competitive it is. But you don't see that deer hunting. It's like, hey, that's my stand. But a lot of times it is it is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, real- rivalry competitiveness uh, of, in the waterfowl industry is crazy. Yeah, I know I've rolled up on people uh, on public lands for hunting deer, and they shine the light a little bit, get my attention, I hightail it back out of there, or somebody sees me, and they hightail it back out of there versus trying to start something, at least. Yeah, it's being respectful. It's kind of a a lost art. (laughs) Well, it's getting back a little, I think. I hope so. Right? So... It composed originally of a couple of police officers, a soldier, a mechanic, a baseball star. Okay, I got to know about the baseball star. Yep. So uh, we had this is the, you're, so you're reading everything off of how it started, right? Yep. Because I'm reading off of the Howard. Uh, so uh, we had our buddy. He was, uh, you know, one of those uh, left handed pitchers that. Could throw the ball hard, and uh, he ended up making it to college and doing pretty well. Uh, we, we like to boost his ego a little bit, you know, saying because I used to he used to cut my grass, and so I used to always joke. I said, when you finally, so when you graduate and you get drafted, uh, I'm gonna go to your first, no matter what stadium it's in, I'm gonna go to the first one and say, you know, can you still mow my grass? <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, but um, but yeah, so he, he pitched here uh, for a, a was it a D. I guess it's D two, D two college, yeah. and uh, and here in Virginia locally, uh, he he was he was pretty good. He came right out of high school and he was throwing the ball left handed at you know low nineties, high eighties religiously, and so we just kind of blow his ego up and say he's our baseball star. He's our uh, he's whatever we all strive to be. <laughs> right. I think just about everybody in the original group played baseball growing up. Yep, so. we were all there at some point. Just he was able to take advantage of. Uh, the God-given talent. <laughs> right. I know I didn't. I wasn't much of a uh, baseball phenom back then. I think the highest I got was T-ball. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, but, hey, six years old. Yeah, yeah but you know, for, first team, right? First team T-ball. Yeah, I remember getting hit in the head a couple of times with that ball <laughs> because they had the old – I don't know if it would happen when you guys were in that – yeah, but I think I was back in the early 90s when I got 
in the T-ball. I think it was, God, I think it was 1991 or something. I was since six years old, T-ball, and somebody had hit the ball or threw the ball. And, you know, those helmets that don't have the full cover over top. Oh, yeah. And then that ball hit me right there. I'm like, and looking back, I'm like, why did they give those type of helmets to kids? <laughs> it must have been an Indiana thing. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember that down here in Virginia. No, yeah. must have been. It was Pal Club, so ah. police, police athletic league. So, so when did Beakwaters become the full fledged thing that it is now? Yeah. So uh, Beakwaters became something. And well, shortly after that, so 2000, like I said, 2018, somewhere in there, we started our little club. And by 2019, I actually started the uh, quote unquote LLC for Beakwhackers because I'm sure if you've been in the outdoor industry or you're around it at all, hunting, fishing, doesn't matter. You always, almost anybody I've talked to always has this grand idea we're going to film. We're going to film, we're going to be on YouTube, and we're going to make it, right? And yep. We're going to. So then, and so we formed the LC because we're gonna do this right. We're gonna try to be a business about it. Uh, that fell off pretty quickly when uh, we started saying, "All right, whose turn is it to film today?" And everyone's hand stayed in their pocket. <laughs> you know, uh, no one wanted to film. No one wanted to do it. And and I'm just as guilty with the rest of them, right? Uh, we wanted to hunt. Yeah. We didn't want nobody wanted to to do the the background work. Everybody just wanted to hunt. Everyone would yep. want to be the pool, the trigger puller, and be the, the pretty face. Yeah. Um, and which you know, I completely understand, right? So that fell to the wayside very quickly. Uh, and then right about then is when we pretty much w- within about that same year is when I decided I wanted to help out and start taking veterans. So you know, 2018, 2019, right before COVID, right, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then that's when we applied for our 501c and uh and with our mission to get veterans like i told you i kind of wanted to come back and do my own thing and help uh jason's you know he's in national guard and we have my family has been in the military my wife's family's all in the military friends and friends have been all in there so i've been around it and i just want to do all all i can do is get back and help and so like i said about 2000 19 time frame i guess is when we became official 501c nonprofit for taking veterans and active duty service members into the outdoors and uh we started there and i mean it was it was fun and then COVID hit and then we kind of uh everyone took a, everything kind of came to a screeching halt <laughs> yep much like i pretty much i think everybody could agree with that yeah, I think that's the year 2020 when I started the process of beginning the phase of starting a podcast. So, yeah, that was back then. I don't think I'd got anywhere in hunting that year or anything like that. COVID just messed up my hunting schedule, too. Because I think I got. Yeah, I. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, if I I believe oh it was my 
I forget. I think it was somebody potentially had COVID or whatnot. You know, they did the whole testing thing. And so I was out during November on 2020. Oh, man. Time you need to be out, right? (laughs) Yep. I think uh, my wife wife wanted to strangle me when COVID first started. Everyone was out of work. You know, everyone's home working. And you're not supposed to social distancing, all that stuff, right? And uh, I think she wanted to strangle me because the only person I was like, "What? I'm, I'm around you, my kids, and uh, this guy." <laughs> like, so uh, we were around each other. We were snakehead fishing at nighttime with lights, you know, on the boat or getting together. And I was like, "Well, you know, they say social distancing. I- I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm just seeing my best friend and uh, and yeah. my family." So, <laughs> yeah, it really stunk because also. Uh, during hunting season yeah that happened i got tested because a guy next to me ended up getting COVID at my workplace and mine was one of those places where we're not shutting down not one bit Hmm. and so i had to get tested i was down there then my mom and my stepdad whose family land i hunt on they got COVID, and it's like oh great now i can't even do that (laughs) yeah yep so but yeah, I also understand the whole uh, life not being happy thing. <laughs> oh yeah, we live it every day, in <laughs> uh, the best way possible, of course, right? Uh, you know, we just have every hobby imaginable, and then you add your family life to it, and <laughs> yeah, I mean. We both grew up doing this. If if you could hunt it or you could catch it on a rod and reel, we grew up doing it. So, you know, then we got married and, you know, now we can do it on our own. But like you said, it's you got to find that balance. And like it drives my mm-hmm. wife nuts, especially from October till February because she swears up and down there's not a month that goes by that I can't hunt something. <laughs> right? Because as soon as duck season goes out, I'm rabbit hunting, you know, I'm, I'm picking something up that I can go out yep. and be, be with friends and, 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 and haunt or yep. as soon as that's out, I want to be fishing. Yep. Squirrel season had yeah. just started the 15th. Yeah, and as, soon as, as soon as it starts warming up, we got turkey season. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. and I take I the first it. week off from work every year to turkey hunt just about. <laughs> I ended up getting a draw hunt on a reservoir for three days for turkey season this year so didn't get anything but found a guy's tree stand back there (laughs) and and his trail camera nice you pose good for it yeah right (laughs) completely just sitting there right he's got like a small open area and this is on state public land that you're not supposed to have a tree stand on after season i mean you can't hunt pub uh reservoir land for turkey unless you get the draw hunt in indiana so it's like wow somebody hit there (laughs) yeah right i just like to be up i like to be up with them i guess you know (laughs) (laughs) so i got up into the tree stand and you'll never guess what happened next to me there was a turkey roosting on my tree stand (laughs) <laughs> it's possible uh, that's the best right. way to take them you know you know yeah, you don't have to right. waste any time you get there and next you get them before they wake up and just snatch them up yeah right you just get up there the bird's a little wanky or whatnot you look over and he looks over at you 
Morning. <laughs> Honey, I'm coming home. Yeah, n- next sound of yours is uh, uh, the skeleton, <laughs> come on, come on. right? Yep. Just hands free. Uh, do it old school, hands free. Well, not hands free, hands on. <laughs> so, how after COVID hit and that cleared away finally. How, when did you guys start getting back into waterfowl for the hunting? Yeah, so technically, we never really stopped. Uh, whether, you know, it might be frowned upon or whatever, right? But so that the first year of COVID, when it was all doom and gloom and world's ending, uh, right. actually that year, so I told you, my, uh, my family and my wife's family have all been or were in the military or are currently still in the military. So, uh, yeah. I believe Jason was actually deployed when we took your dad. Yeah. You know, so he was deployed no, that, I was there for that one. You were there for that one. All right. So yeah, anyways, we took, uh, there was one, of, there was one of the trips that you were deployed. I'm just getting it mixed up. But so that year, because we didn't really want to ask anybody to put themselves yeah. in harm's way and everything else, but we still see, we still saw family. Right. And mm-hmm. so that year we took the advantage of getting my father, and my father-in-law out, which were both uh, veterans. Uh, my yep. dad was in the Navy, and my my father-in-law was in the Navy, and then he went back and later in life into the Army. So uh, we I took both of them out for a hunt, and it was actually my father-in-law's first hunt, and that was uh, that was interesting, you know, because you know, I don't miss, I can't miss, and uh, between both of them, you know, just talking. Oh and, yeah. And Show there. you young boys how it's done today. Okay. Yep. And then so, uh, and then we send a duck by you and then see what happens. <laughs> Reminds me so of my Jared first dove hunt. Together, right? I spent a lot of time growing up at his house. His dad and his mom are like a second set of parents to me. So when his dad's talking smack to him and me, he's he's treating us like you know, he's treating me just like he does his own son. It's like I'm gonna show you you may think you know it all now, young man, but I'm gonna Show you what's what today, <laughs> and, and and then we put you in a real life scenario. And he's like, "I can hit that." So that's a little far, man. It's a little far. Don't shoot that. I can hit it. So, all right, go ahead, try it. And you know what? You know better. You go ahead and shoot, and you just watch all the pellets fall like twenty feet short. <laughs> this all went below. I'm, like, I'm trying to explain to you. It doesn't work that way. You're not shooting a. You know, you know, you know, shooting AR or like you know, M sixteen or, or or the lead shot that they they had growing up trying to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're shooting some uh, some funky steel. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so I, uh, we actually never stopped. So you know, right when COVID hit that first year, we did that, but it was very slow. It was slow moving because we still go to how we get our word out. You know, and not only through our small social media gathering that we have. Uh, but we, you know, we go to outdoor shows. We, this year, we went to the Dixie Deer Classic down in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to the Virginia Outdoor Show every year. And we do a couple of local shows. But, you know, so those kind of stopped during COVID. And so growing through that, it, it felt like we had this great burst of energy right before COVID. And COVID brought us down kind of back to back to par, if you will. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so then we start growing and uh, I think pretty much every year since then we've added one or two hunts every year. And then this year is going to be like last year, our busiest ever. Uh, we have 
what, one, two, three, at least five duck hunts that I know of, a gator hunt that's coming up here in October. And then, uh, and then coming in the spring, we're going to put on two turkey hunts. And uh, then we're also going to start dabbling in the fishing because, uh, like you said earlier, if you can't catch, if you can't hunt it, we can catch it. And that's what, and that's what, if we can be in the outdoors, that's what we want to do. And I know the beak whackers, waterfowl is our name, but we also want to strive to give veterans more opportunities to be out there. And uh, I'm really hoping that, yeah. that we, we can, everyone can take advantage of that. Nice. Now, how far out do you guys do? I know I saw on your website, it was stating you've had guys as far as Tennessee and Pennsylvania. So you yep, ever so had anybody from Indiana? We, we don't have any veterans from Indiana yet uh, that I know of. So we, we cover <laughs> Virginia heavily, obviously. This is our home state. And mm-hmm. uh, we are surrounded by naval and army bases and, you know, just just in the very immediate area. We're, we have a plethora of bases or, you know, of veterans and everybody mm-hmm. lives here. But then, <clears throat> so we've had North Carolina – Pennsylvania, uh, Tennessee, like you said, Virginia. And then, uh, so coming up this year, we actually have a veteran coming from, uh, from Florida. He'll be from Jacksonville, Florida coming in to join us. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to that. Showing some nice, some good hospitality up here. Right. Yep. My father, he was, he's former army. And my cousin from my father's side, he's actually former military as well. So okay. he li- my cousin lives in Anybody? Michigan. My dad lives about an hour away from me. Oh, I got you. Okay. So uh, I actually, I mean, if they're interested, tell them to reach out to us and I'll send them what we need from them in order to, to have the opportunity to come out and join <laughs> us. I mean, whether it be a, uh, tur- duck hunt, turkey hunt, or maybe even the possibility, uh, for, you know, for fishing. We, we fish. I'm not sure if you know. I've heard of the Chesapeake Bay. Uh, yeah, but that's I've where we do a Chesapeake. lot of our. I you never know. I, I, it's. I talk to somebody and they go, "Yeah, what what is that exactly?" <laughs> so, I mean, to me, it's just second second nature here. But uh, well, I mean, like yeah. we brought the guys down from Pennsylvania and we told them we were going to be out on the Chesapeake Bay. You know, they they duck hunt lake erie and what they call a bay is essentially a mud flat well we're talking about if you get you know the right wind the wrong wind direction two three footers real quick fast in a hurry and when they went out there on on that they were like this is not the bay i was like oh no this is the bay for us bud this is how it goes that sounds like lake michigan yeah yeah i was my wife and i went back up there for 2012 when on our honeymoon and that's the first time i've ever seen a lake have waves oh wow yeah like there are actual sandbars in there like little waves and sand and whatnot that you have to walk over it was different that's awesome yeah i think uh depending on how our schedules collectively work out and then all of our hunts that we have planned we're supposed to go up and help out a buddy that does something very similar to us. His name is Matt Killian. He's out of Erie, Pennsylvania. He puts on a really big hunt every year, a waterfowl hunt for them, uh, for veterans. And, uh, and he's asked us to come up and he helps me out tremendously. He's been a huge, uh, huge help, man. He's 
anytime I have questions, he's like, just, you know, think with your dick, Jimmy, you know, <laughs> kind of like, it's just use your head, you know, but he, he gives me all the answers, you know, and it really helps out. And uh, yeah. so he invited Jason and I up, uh, up this, this year to help with his hunt because he brings veterans in from all over and it's a really big deal. And so hopefully we get to go up there to Erie, Pennsylvania and, uh, and assist. And hopefully I can take my dog up there, get her a few more retrieves and show, show what she can do. And then, yeah. uh, but also be involved and help out as much as we can to, to help a, a, another veteran organization. Yeah. Now, do you guys actually, is it all f- funded through you? Do people have to pay for travel or is it all crowdsourced? Yeah. So, so as we stand right now, the, because how we started, we didn't just jump into somebody else's organization, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Wounded Warrior Foundation, or you can name all of them, right? Uh, we started mm-hmm. our own things. So we started at ground level. We, because we're, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this, but like, we're we're a uh, growing organization, we a are small growing, growing organization. We are you know, funding, funding limited, uh, so. What we do is, at this moment, we cover everything from license, licenses, lodging, food, drinks, anything you need, clothing, shells. If you need it while you're there hunting with us, we take care of it. Uh, nice. And then the only thing up to this point that we've, uh, we've only ever asked the veterans to do is just get there. So, yeah. At this point, uh, other than the, f- the few people that come down, uh, the you know the people have come down from Pennsylvania and North Carolina and the Tennessee and stuff like that, you know they've all had to drive themselves to us. But once mm-hmm. you get there, we take care of everything. Uh, we want you to have the, you know the the best possible time, uh, right? And uh, and not worry about it. So, in so I brought up earlier, we have this gator hunt coming up. It's the same concept. I'm covering everything A to Z, you know, food, lodging. And then for obviously for the, the gators, we're going to cover the, the butchering fee, which can vary. It really varies on size of gator. Like I think, yeah. it's, uh, I, think I was told anywhere from 25 to $30 for linear foot. And then, uh, and like, but with that, the only thing we're not covering is any of their um, their trophy mounts. Yeah. So if they want a big skull or like you know the gator rug or you know wall mount, anything like that, that's the only thing. Unfortunately, like I said, we are uh, we're financially limited because <laughs> yeah. we are still very small. But we're growing every year. We have a banquet that we have. It's a big auction dinner and. It's just a great time, and, and that raises funds for us to do just about everything we need every every year. And then, like I mentioned earlier, we do the the outdoor shows, and you know we don't go out there. We're not retiring. We're not we're not making money off of. We're not retiring off of no outdoor shows. But when we go there, we we are able to spread the word what we're doing, sign more veterans up, and then also you know tell a story and let them let them understand and see exactly what we're doing and the good we're doing try to make those contacts. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a goal 
in the organization and having the veteran background, you know, three times deployed and still currently serving with the Virginia National Guard myself. Nice. We know what I know what the veteran, what military people have in while they're in the military. And when they get out, a lot of times you'll see guys that spent eight years on active duty. They come and join the National Guard because they say, I just missed this. And what they mm-hmm. missed is not necessarily, you know, some of them do miss actually serving their country, but some of them miss that camaraderie, that yeah. that sense of belonging to something. Brotherhood. So that brotherhood, when we bring these veterans in, our goal is to make them part of our family for the weekend or the, the two, three days that they're with us and, and give it that old uh, hunt club, down home, good feeling that you belong to something that's bigger than yourself now. Right. And that's our main goal is if, you know, with the, the, the PTSD that a lot of people are suffering with and di- disabilities, you know, the mental illness, things like that. If we can give them a place to relax and let their worries mm-hmm. go, our, our mission is a success at that point. They may not pull the trigger once, but if they feel some relief from whatever trials and tribulations that they're going through in life, we've done our job. Nice. Now, do you get a guy, a lot of guys with disabilities or is it more like you were saying, guys who have certain issues due to PTSD or anything like that? So unfortunately we've, we have had uh, guys with, with, you know, with disabilities, but our, uh, I mean, you said you've been waterfowl hunting, you know, and you kind of, you, know, you understand it, I'm sure, is the way we hunt and how it has to be done mm-hmm. uh, to this point, because we just don't have the means to take somebody that's not ambulatory. I need, uh, all of our veterans to this point have, ha- have needed to be ambulatory in order to do it, because, I mean, we're either walking through marshes or two, three, four hundred yard walks to a field or, you know, getting in and out of a, off of a boat, on a boat to a dock. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking December, January time frame, the water, depending on the time of year, unlike last year, we had, you know, 70 degree days, but <laughs> 70 degree duck hunting days. But, uh, you know, but in years past, we, you know, we're talking negative temperatures or right at freezing. And the last thing you want is somebody to, you, you, we, we can't afford that, and and I, don't, I wouldn't want to ask any veteran to do that. So to this point, like I said, it's uh, it's all been ambulatory. Uh, but yeah. in the coming years, if I could if I could design a boat, if I could work with somebody, anybody's listening wants to design a boat with me, I, I would love to be able to pull one up on shore and wheel a veteran on or wheel whoever you know, whatever you need, yeah. get you on there and and do it because. I mean, the, the end goal is just helping and servicing all the veterans that need it in the active duty service. Yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, I know there's a there's a bunch of places that can help build some boats for, uh, you know, that sort of thing. There was uh, I was talking to some waterfowlers out in New Mexico, Impact Outdoors, New Mexico, and they do a, bu- a bunch of waterfowling for veterans and whatnot. And they have a company. I think it is based out of Pennsylvania. It's eluding me right now. But they uh, created these coffin-style boats for disabled individuals 
to shoot, oh, wow. you know, shoot waterfowl from. So that's awesome. So I was uh, so what two weeks ago we had the Virginia Outdoor Show. And uh, I had an individual come up to me and ask, you know, what we did, how we did it. And, and I explained it to him and he's like, you know, you know and I same thing. I, I have this gentleman's name that's just eluding me, but he's from like the D.C., Northern Virginia area. And uh, he was saying, you know, this gentleman had a boat that we should talk to because he had it specifically designed for uh, for veterans with disabilities, for wheelchair specifically. And yeah. He had it built, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar boat. He did it for fishing, but, you know, we could use it for, for hunting purposes. And uh, he said pretty much what he does is he drives this thing all the way up onto the beach almost, right? The bow's on the beach. And he put, hit, hits a button. The front drops down like D-Day, oh. you know, and the, it opens up. And then the veterans can literally just either you know, if they're on track chairs or, you know, or, or however, however it is. You know, yeah. can literally go right on this huge. It's almost a barge is the best way I can describe it. Oh man! And, uh, now, now you're gonna be looking for a barge. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, but the, the way he described, it, I'm like, all right, well, now, uh, now I think we can cover just about anybody if I can find that, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, I mean, give me a awesome. small barge. <laughs> yeah. Small barge with landing craft, essentially. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it's boom. We hit the tide. Everything locks down. Go get on in. We're gonna back up and uh, anchor out so we're safely away from the tide. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the way he said it, he said, you know, it's like a ten foot door that drops off the front of it, and you know, it's anything you need. You can you can put a side by side or a lawnmower or a tractor on there if you want to, or you know, it's just. You load it and take it anywhere. I was like, Jeez. no, now that's what money can get you. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, there's several different EVs that could possibly be done to utilize that or doing in fields and whatnot and marshes, but getting stuck with wheels or, or tracks regardless is going to be the fun part. Yeah. It's, it's one thing getting there, just getting out is the next thing, right? <laughs> right. right. Uh, yeah. So, get a little more on this gator hunt. How'd the idea for gator hunting come around? So, <laughs> I think it was an accident, <clears throat> honestly, uh, or, you know, a will of God, if you will. Uh, yeah. So, I had this gentleman reach out to me. On, uh, I guess it was Instagram. I, it had to be Instagram, I guess. And uh, so, and I think he was just messaging. I'm not even sure if it was him personally or if he was literally just saying, like, you know, send to everybody, essentially. A friend of a friend of a friend or something. I, I don't know how it worked. But um, but I get this message saying, hey, talking about gator hunting would you want to come down and think about it whatever 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 you know and yeah i was like you know my wife would kill me if i if i told her i was doing that so i was like but so the next best thing said so, so i i said I, I thought about it for a little bit and i said let me message this guy and just tell him what we do you know yeah we serve veterans and if you would be interested that'd be great and um so i messaged him back and he and he all, he all but almost responded immediately. And it was impressive because 
a lot of times, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't have that kind of response. And then and the people that take real pride in what they're doing is, is just the next thing. And that's what, uh, it, it's what he does. And it's, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, it, it was awesome. So I told him what we did and he goes, ah, well, you know, I got a few tags still left for this coming fall. Uh, would, you know, would you be okay with not, you know, just, just get, giving me a few weeks and see if, if I sell my tags and then maybe we can work some out next year or not. Right. So, Hey, no problem. I'm not asking you to take money out of your kid's mouth for, for the right. time. And, uh, yeah, yeah everyone's in agreement. And I think 24 hours later, he called me and said, Hey, I truly believe, and you know, he said, I prayed on it, and I think God put me in, put you in my life for a reason, and, and put us in touch for a reason. And uh, I feel wrong about trying to hold back the tags from you in order for me to make a dollar on it, essentially, is what he said. And uh, he goes, I want to offer you two tags for two veterans to bring down here. And to tell you nice. to try to ex- describe my excitement is I would never even get close enough to it. I mean, I was like a little schoolgirl, you know, Gay. it was, it was awesome. Uh, and I, there's no way, uh, and you know, we're going down to Florida in August or in October, sorry, in October, mm-hmm. uh, to hunt with old Florida outdoors. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's, with great love and like I tell you, this guy is a class act and he's been there from the minute he messaged me I can I talk to him and he gives me everything I need and he's I think he's just as excited as I am to get this out nice sorry I've been up since about 5 a.m. so no no you're good <laughs> yep AC's out 5 a.m. I'm starting to get but now that is an awesome thing that he did i mean being able to just say you know i'm going to give these to you guys no no cost no no problem just and be part of that i think is a great thing i think a lot of people that do that they're more for just seeing it happen than they are wanting to just experience it themselves. Yeah. And no, I mean, and since we've been doing this and being in this world, the worst part I hate about this thing that we're doing, you know, giving back to veterans and stuff is asking for somebody to give up their harder money or their yeah. time that would, that cost them money. I, I genuinely dislike that part of it. Like I hate coming to you and saying, Hey, uh, you have this business and I have this, I run this nonprofit for veterans. Can you donate or can you give us something or at a, at a price, you know? And yeah. to me, that that's the biggest part I dislike about what we do is I, I would much rather pay my way than yeah. I feel like I'm begging and I know I'm not begging and I'm just asking for support because to run a nonprofit, there's no way we would ever be able to make it without the support of, businesses and especially a lot of the local uh, businesses we have here locally that help us out repeatedly. And, uh, but I still hate the, you know, just dragging it out of them and asking for Mm -hmm. more and more and more. It's, 
it's, and then, like I said, he's a full-time, Greg is a, he's a full-time firefighter EMT, and he runs this guide service on the side, and he's trying to grow it to where it can be something when he's done, you know, with his, with his service to the community. And then, but I'm asking him to take some dollars, I'm asking him to take dollar bills and you know, food and everything out of his family's mouth, and that part yeah. I, I dislike, but. I. He's willing to do it and for a good cause. I'd say that's okay in my book. I mean, he's he knows what he's financially, so. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, and like I said, he's very good guy, and uh, I, he firmly believes in what we're doing and in the cause, and so he's, he's there to help out. It's just just one of those things that lingers in the back of your mind, you know, that I'm asking somebody to give up money or we, we yeah. grew up in a, in a small community here. And the way we were raised is just, you, you just don't ask for things. Yeah. You don't, you don't ask for stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's a testament to our community and how they support us and what we're doing is like, we, we do a, quite a few big shows a year to raise money, but the small local shows that we go to, to where we see friends, families, neighbors, you know, they give us the most support. Yeah. Right. And we come out with a, a, any new merchandise and they buy it. They may, oh, they may nice. come back the next year and buy the same exact t-shirt just because they want to support us. Oh, that's awesome. We, we have great support in the local community between the businesses and, and the, the people themselves. And we're just looking to grow it, you know, and, and people like reach Greg reaching out to us, whether it be, you know, you know, God telling him and linking us both together, which, you know, I believe that's, that's probably what happened. You know, it's just my belief. It's that just grows our community yeah, and who we can reach, not, not, you know, staying local to this area. That that's a broad group of people, you know, maybe he finds people down there that he can give to us. Right. We send people his way and, you know, right. He, has a guy on a gator hunt on it that he's putting on himself and wants to send them our way to, to reach out and help. And it's just nice. growing. Yeah. Now, do you guys, are you guys thinking about doing anything other than, I know you do turkey, waterfowl in general, gators now. Uh, any other, the beak species like uh, pheasant, dove, any of that in the near future? So it's funny you said uh, dove because literally right before we hopped on here with you, uh, we were dove season's obviously right around the corner, along with Se- early goose season. September first. Yep, September first. I mean, we're sitting here. We were just talking about. We're like, how the heck can we put on an awesome dove hunt? Like, and I know there's several that happen around our area and stuff, but but we. Unfortunately, we don't really have just those fields in mm-hmm. you know, the area to put that on. Uh, we can go out there with two or three people and have a good time. But if I wanted to say, hey, we're taking five or six of us to go do the same thing, it's it, you, may, you may not be looking at the same situation. So we actually we were just talking about that. It, it is the way the way it goes, right? You know, we have a couple large ag fields that, you know, we we have permission to hunt. But it's always we're they're on a far end of the county of where the farmer farms them, so they're the last to get planted, which means they're the last to get cut. 
It's it's just the way it works mm-hmm. out. Like the smaller fields we have, where we could probably get one or two people to hunt on. But if we want to do a nice big one where we could reach the most the most veterans, it'd be one of the. It's just what we have available to us right now. It's uh, it's going to be a hard shot. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you guys think about uh, thinking about? convincing a hunter to not hunter a farmer to that you have permission with to plant like some sunflowers in a certain area and say hey we'll pay for this acreage <laughs> that's literally what we we're talking about and but both of us have tractors both of us have i'm gonna say uh small uh, like small farm equipment like so we have the planters yeah. we have the discs and the plows so we have the small stuff right uh it's just having the area to do it right and uh yeah and we in our area is uh what you would have called extremely country and rural probably up until about five years ago right and now it is booming i mean every you can't hardly turn around on a you know, on a back road without seeing a new subdivision coming in it's very yeah. unfortunate I mean, it's good every, every place needs to grow i get it but uh, it's very unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunately. So everything we yeah. did have or do have is just kind of one of those, uh, you know, just be happy with what you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you got something, and who knows, in the near future, you'll be able to acquire land of your own pretty much. Well, well yeah, and, and, that's, and that's where we're at. I mean, every year, like I said, every year we've gotten bigger, not only – just namesake wise and and what little bit of social media presence we do have but i mean uh but we're putting on more and more hunts every year we're adding like you said so up until this year we've only ever done waterfowl hunts and then Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden we're going to take a huge leap this coming year we're doing waterfowl hunts we're doing this gator hunt coming up we have turkey hunts coming up in the fall or in the spring and then we're going to add uh either depending on the weather and the time of year that the drawings get done will either be a uh, rock fish or striped bass depending on where you're at uh and then also a, a cobia cobia fishing which is a very awesome saltwater fish to have and nice. we fish for those so uh we're adding i mean we're going to double our workload on our end and uh, so, and hopefully right. it can just honestly just continues i mean we just keep yeah. pushing forward and doing what we can to, to do more and more. Yeah. Do you guys have too many volunteers or are you trying to get more volunteers to be able to take more people out? We're always, you're looking at them. <laughs> you're looking at the volunteers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we work on a skeleton crew uh, and that's not to say that I don't have people offer right uh we do get people to offer um and between jason and myself we we are at every event if we can help it uh obviously there's circumstances that come up where we one of us may or may not be able to be there but um yeah but we have two of us my wife is heavily involved in all of this she's either cooking meals or telling bad jokes about me and him to make the veterans laugh or you know, bringing my fam- bringing my kids around to be part of a family, you know, 
And then uh, we do have mm-hmm. a few uh, family friends that started with us. Uh, like you read on there, there was a few deputies and detectives and stuff like that that started. Uh, they, they do help out. Uh, we have a few from the original crew that still show up to hunts when they're available. Yeah, when they're available, but you know, yeah. and but it's hard to uh, to ask them to keep doing stuff because it's hard enough for me to to do it myself some days. Not that I don't want to, just you know, life happens, right? Like things work, yeah. stuff happens, and uh, and it may not be their exact passion like it is mine, so or his, and to ask them or beg them to come out and do something, you know, so I, I bring it up to everybody and I say, Hey, this is what we're doing. If you want to help out, I would love it. If not, then it is, you know, then it's fine. We'll, we'll get by. We're, we're going to make it work and we're going to have a good time. So, right. and every year I have more and more people want to help. It's just me personally. I have that hard. I'm, I'm bad at letting go. I can't relinquish a lot of that. It's not even power. It's not, it has nothing to do with power. It's just like, you know, we've built something and it's not that I wouldn't let Jason go do it, but you know, if something else, if somebody else came to me and said, Hey, I want to put on this hunt. Oh, but me and Jason both can't be there. I'm very, uh, I'll probably be very skeptical of that. Right. Cause I mean, yeah. it's, it's our name. It's, it's what we've built to this point And it's the integrity of the brand. Mm. And the mission. And there's people out there that would probably hold that to the T and that would love to do nothing more than to do exactly what we do now and continue to, to do that. Right. But it's, it's still a, <laughs> it's just me learning to let go and be better. Uh, yeah. I have, if we wanted to grow and do more, I have to be able to let go. Yeah. Well, that, uh, Saw so my next question, which was going to be about ch- any chapters that would pop up anytime soon. I'm sorry, you, you broke up a little bit there. I'm going to have to have you uh, repeat that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I definitely know that that answered my question about chapters. <laughs> anytime oh, yeah. soon? Yeah, no. So, I, so we actually had. It's kind of funny. So. I got given the opportunity to take veterans out to Kansas this October for a veteran hunt for waterfowl. And unfortunately he's the, he'll be on drill weekend. I'm going on a gator hunt that exact same weekend. So I had to decline. And, uh, and without even thinking about it, really, I, uh, I just canceled it. I said, you know what? Maybe next year we'll we'll, we'll find a way to fit it, fit in this hunt to take veterans out to Kansas. And uh, yeah. and the gentleman I talked to I talked about earlier in this is uh, Matt Killian in Pennsylvania. He's a huge supporter, and I would you know trust my life with this man. He's just an absolute awesome guy, and he does everything and anything for veterans and the support of them. Nice. And, uh, you know, and I was talking to him about it and he goes, dude, why didn't you just ask me? I would have filled in for one or the other, whether you wanted, like, whether you could or couldn't. And I was like, shit, you're right. <laughs> right. I, I could have, right. And that would have been a great opportunity at that point would have been a great opportunity to try to expand and get a broader, a, yeah. a broad reach. Right. And, uh, but you know, yep. I don't think about it like that. I think about 
the way the way my mind works and it's probably wrong just ask my wife but uh you know it's uh like i hate bothering somebody i hate like saying hey i got this going on you mind covering it this weekend even though you're probably gonna have a blast the time in your life in fact like seeing something you've never seen before or yeah you know but still i I don't i would never reach out to you and be like hey you want to go do this because it it, it could be fun you may like it like but you may have uh, plans that weekend but uh how about you cancel them and do this for me i i hate putting that burden on people and that's that's just my like yeah my own psychic right and we've put on enough of these hunts now to where you know when jared and i put on one of our sea duck hunts we know almost down to the T, down to the second of we need to have the boat, you know, in the water, moving out from the ran- from the dock at this time because it's going to take us this amount of time for me to get decoys out. We know where we're headed roughly. And I know we just work so, so well in unison because we've done so much of them. It's, and it creates for a better atmosphere. Like I said before, it's, a, I guess, a quality control type deal you know it's um yeah not that we don't trust people it's we know the type of hunt in the atmosphere that we put on and that we expect and it's if we're not there we can't make sure that's happening it's putting a lot of faith and trust in in people that you know people that we know and some that we we were acquaintances of right you know we've got to know matt up in pennsylvania really well and yep. that's just one of those things to where I know he would do his best to keep the integrity. Being a former uh, retired Army vet, um, I would trust him to to meet or exceed what we expect on one of our hunts. Yeah. So pretty much the only way you guys would relinquish the control of the brand for somebody is if you've worked with them enough times and they've showcased that they're able to incapable of doing it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, put it that way. Make it sound so harsh. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, it, it is. Yeah, it. It's just we try to make it a family thing, right? It's when you come in to hunt with us, you're part of. The, you're 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 my family. I mean, some of the very first hunts we put on. I had the veterans come in. They come to my house. We have dinner. We hang out. And when they knock on the front door, my kids literally answer the front door and go, hey, how are you? You know, so-and-so, my name is so And they go, yeah. hey, yeah, I'm here to see your dad. Like, okay, cool. You want to go see my monster trucks? And, like, grab it and run up the stairs. I'm like, hey, welcome to the family. See you in 10 minutes. You know, like, <laughs> it, you know, it's – and it's just – what we strive to be right we just want to be an extended part of everyone's family you come in and you're immediately like you're you're just my next brother or you're my next sister you know and it's right you you don't we don't want these veterans to be a number yeah they're they're a person they're they they've done a lot for us and we want to make sure they're getting the best possible experience that they can get um we stay in contact with just about everybody that's been on a hunt. We we talk to them, I'd say monthly, if not more often. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that that's what we're looking for in, in our, our hunts is you come in, you become part of our family, and 
we give you that camaraderie or that sense of, you know, belonging to something that you may be missing from your time in the service. Yeah. Well, we had a veteran that we hunted with last year and I told you earlier, we, we put on a, uh, a banquet dinner auction every year and uh, he traveled what six hours to come down just to be a part of a state of an hotel 15 minutes away just to come down because he believes in the cause and saw firsthand exactly what we do and how we treat our veterans and and the people coming out that we want to, you know, give the best experience to. And he came down here for support. And I mean, that means just as much as anything. Nice. Now, I got to ask this because you gave up deer hunting, but do you think that you would see you guys hosting any deer hunts? Well, I can say I I didn't give it up exactly, right? (laughs) I still do it, and I take my boys hunting, and me and him still deer hunt a little bit, but the the want to, I guess, you know, like – if you gave me an option for duck hunting versus deer hunting, yeah, I'd throw deer hunting out the window every time. But if there's a duck season in, I'm not deer hunting in the morning. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'll be in a tree stand that afternoon. Yeah. But I'll yep. be in a swamp or a marsh or on a boat so, somewhere that morning um, shooting birds or shooting at birds. <laughs> shooting, so, yeah. shooting at birds. Pre- pre- um, pretty, yeah, pretty, I, much deer, pretty much deer season is for family. And then duck hunting and <laughs> yeah. all the other stuff for the veterans. Uh, to this point, uh, and now to be on, to be honest, I think I, I I have a lot of people reach out to me, probably more so than anything about deer hunting. And I hate turning people away. I'm like, hey, well, you ever tried duck hunting? <laughs> what do you think about duck hunting? What do you think about turkey hunting? Uh, fishing, right? But. And, I, and I'm, I'm not turning anybody away. So if they're interested, we put their name, their name goes on a list. And every time we do a hunt or a fish, fishing trip or anything, it goes into a drawing and we do a random selection and we pick those, those individuals and we reach out to them, tell them the dates, the times and, you know, the, the, the circumstances. Um, but I've had so many people reach out to me about deer hunting and unfortunately our area of Virginia, we do have deer, right? Don't get me wrong. We have deer, but I, at at this particular moment, don't feel comfortable bringing in a veteran or an individual from really almost any state to come in here. And since we've had some sicknesses, right? Some, uh, was it, uh, hemorrhagic disease. Hemorrhagic disease. There's a few like deer born illnesses that we've had that has hit our area relatively hard. Uh, yeah. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, I can, I used to be able to sit in my backyard and see 10, 12 deer at night. And now I'm seeing like two yeah. or three. Right. And, and I don't, and I understand every veteran that we've ever had, I think says, you know what? It's not about killing. It's about the brotherhood. It's about the camaraderie. It's about what we're doing. Yes. And, and, and I would never disagree with that. I'm never going to argue with them on that. So, but when you look back on it and you say you went with the beak whackers and you shot a lot and maybe I missed a bunch of ducks, but I was able to shoot and they put us on it and we had a great time doing it. Right. And that's what I always worry about putting 
putting on trying to put on deer hunts is that I'm going to put you out there and we could sit three days and maybe see two deer, you know, and the the likelihood, I mean, you're in Indiana, right? And you guys probably have head and shoulders, different size deer than we do down here. Right. I mean, our doe is probably, you know, our big buck here is the size of your small doe there. So, Mm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen this part of Virginia is they, they run deer with dogs down here. Yeah. Right. It's it's uh, a southern tradition. The further south you go, the bigger it is usually. Um, and I and I don't have anything against that. I I killed my first deer in front of a set of hounds. Killed my second and third deer in front of a set of hounds. I grew up doing it. Um, it's a way of life down here. As I've gotten older, I've kind of got out of that mindset. Um, but there's still a lot of clubs around here that run deer with dogs, and trying to put people on a stand to where their hunt may not be interrupted by hounds. I I'm not comfortable doing that. If I'm going to put somebody on a stand on a deer hunt, I want to make sure that their hunt is not going to be interrupted. Now, having been brought up running dogs for deer, if I sit in that stand all day and I hear a pack of hounds coming, I get excited because now deer are going to be moving. (laughs) Right. But uh, mm-hmm. people that have never done it, you know, it's it's a very controversial in our our community as as hunters. Um, yeah, running deer with hounds is a very controversial issue, um, and I don't want to potentially put someone in a position to where they're going to be like, oh, they run deer with dogs. I don't agree with that, or you know, where I had a nice hunt and then this club the beak whackers have got property next to this club and they allow, allow them to run dogs to it or these dogs ran through it. Because yeah, unfortunately you can't control a dog to, to yeah. certain, to certain degrees. And, yeah. you know, not to get too deep into it, but that's why a lot of clubs are switching to bird dogs because you can kind of control them a little bit more. They only run mm-hmm. so far. They just jump the deer and then the deer still have their own mind to do what they want. It's not like a beagle or a long legged hound that's going to, chase them for counties, you know, states and be gone forever. Um, But that's a different topic, different time. But, uh, right. uh, But yeah, if, if I, if I felt like we had the deer or even honestly the property, I mean, I don't need to put a veteran on a spot where he's going to shoot a 200 inch deer or 175 inch deer every time. But, you know, but if I, I felt comfortable that we, could put veterans or I could do service members in a spot where at least they would see deer. Right. And that seeing deer yeah. is three quarters of the battle, in my opinion, right? <laughs> like I can, oh, sit in, I can sit in a deer stand all day as long as I'm watching a deer. Oh, wholeheartedly. The first hour and a half, two hours to go by and not seeing the first thing and only a squirrel. Uh, my butt's already numb and my, my toes are cold. I'm walking to the truck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's just, I, I'm, that's just me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got a hunting blind where I hunt, and it's got a uh, one of those director's chairs from Walmart or whatnot. <laughs> Haven't had a single issue with the butt going numb ever since getting that dang thing. Don't need some any sort of heat treat, heat seating or whatever those things are putting down. Yeah. It just – it you don't get cold there. So it's nice. So – if you ever do hunting blind, that's how you go. 
Yeah, I always joke with my wife because she started, I, I brought her into hunting uh, when she was pregnant. So she would not climb in a ladder stand, obviously wouldn't get in a climbing stand. So she hunted from a ground blind for yeah two years. And then all of a sudden she was pregnant again and back into it for another two years. And, uh, and finally last year was probably one of the first years she hunted that where she wasn't either pregnant or just or newly not pregnant. And, uh, she was like, I will never hunt in a ground blind again. <laughs> if I can help it. Right. Like, obviously there's right. circumstances we have to, but she's like, I don't know what the hell I was doing before this. She's like, my, my butt doesn't go numb on those crappy chairs you bought. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can see tenfold more. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, at least you got a plan for the future. So where do you, I'm adding that. Where do you see beak whackers in the future? Hmm. Like five years from now. Yeah. Five. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I would be lying if I said I wouldn't love to have a huge following mm-hmm. and, you know, I had everyone, all the big names wanting to come down and help support us. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a dream, right? I mean, I, I would, I would, I, like I said, I'd be lying to say I wouldn't want to help from the top sponsors from Sika and you know Dive Bomb and all these other places to like help us out and give us things, right? Right. But with that being said, I never want us to lose the small town hunt club feel. I don't want to lose yeah. it. Right. And the personal, mm-hmm. your family, when you come in, you come into the hunt club, quote unquote. Right. Uh, so I would love to get bigger. And the only thing I would in the next five years that re- realistically, I would like I me, mean, at least me personally seeing is adding more hunts, adding more help and people yep. to, 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 to put all these hunts and help with them. Right. Obviously. But, uh, but I don't, I don't know how it can get much better than what it is now. When we bring veterans in and they literally look at me and say, I've never experienced anything like this. Because nice. we put on a totally different hunt than what you're going to go pay for in Arkansas or Kansas right now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. when you come in here, I mean, you're hunting on the back of a fishing boat. And it seems silly. It does. It seems yeah. absolutely silly. And we're in the middle of the Chesapeake Bay and – you're in camouflage, you're in a white fishing boat and everyone's kind of looking around like, "Mm, this is, uh, this is skeptical at the least, right? Like no way. Right. And I always joke with them. I always say, you know, bring your fishing gear, right? Because we gotta, we gotta fool the ducks, make them think we're fishing. We're really going to camouflage ourselves in. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I honestly, other than just getting bigger, being able to add more help and, Add more hunts. I I don't want it to get any different. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing about what we do because of the personal aspect we bring into it. And then, as I said, Jason may have something a bit different to say on that. And I'm always willing to grow, but that's just how I look at it and see it. You, know, Jared, and I always nice. don't see eye to eye on things. Um, we're pretty much just like brothers, and you know, brothers have their disagreements and their fights about stuff. But as far yep. as this. You know, I, I'd like to see help brought on. 
I'd like to see more hunts and more hunters on those hunts, which comes with bringing help, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right now we have the, the one boat that we can do our sea duck hunts out of and comfortably shoot three hunters at a time. Um, what I'd like to see, you know, in five, ten years from now, uh, a second boat to where now we can set up two different spots and take six hunters on nice. a hunt. Absolutely. That's that's where I, I see us going in, in five, ten years down the road is is bringing on more more individuals that can help facilitate these hunts, be a mate on that boat to help us and and get the outreach because that's what this is about. It's about outreach and giving back to those that served. And I know it's it's kind of odd for me to say that having served themselves, but I, I understand what a lot of my friends have been through. You know, one of yeah. the hunters that we took this last year, him and I chewed the same ground in Iraq like three years apart from each other. When he came down, we started swapping stories, started talking about where I was, where he was, and we literally had stood probably within a, a hundred yards of each other two, three years apart. You know, so th- that's that's the outreach that we're trying to to give. We don't want to lose that, but we do want to grow. Nice. Well, I hope that you guys do keep that. I mean, it's a great organization and I've just met you guys, started talking to you, and I know you're 100% genuine, and I hope you guys grow and expand and are able to take a lot more veterans hunting because I know you guys know your stuff and you know what you're worth. And I I really appreciate it. And you just bring us on here just to talk about what we're doing and what we have coming up is, is awesome, and we're really grateful for it. So thank you. Well, Thank you guys for coming on and agreeing to be my guests. It's been fun. And like I said, I hope you guys get better and get more. And I look forward to sharing your stories. And remember, everybody, stay adaptive.